Welcome. Today in our Agile Leadership Series, we're discussing the power of acknowledgement in leadership and the five C's that form the foundation of grateful leadership. Our guest today is Judy Umless, certified scrum master and author of Grateful Leadership, using the power of acknowledgement to engage all your people and achieve superior results. Thank you for joining us. So happy to be here, Brandy. It's really an honor. It's great to get to work with you. Now we've had a little bit of a preliminary conversation about this, but first let's just give everybody else some background. What is Grateful Leadership? What's the foundation of this style of working with other people? Grateful leadership is founded on the power of acknowledgement. And when I say the power of acknowledgement, everybody has a different idea of what that is. I was once brought in to speak to a bunch of lawyers about the power of acknowledgement. And when I got there, they said, uh, after I started talking, they said, oh, no, we didn't mean that, even though they had approved my slides, my script, everything. They said, no, no, we want you to acknowledge different points of view that two different uh, people in mediation might have. Oh. And I said, oh, I guess I'll go home then. And, and they said, no, no, stay. And anyway, they ended up asking me back the following year. But of course. Uh, so I like to be very clear what acknowledgement is because that is the foundation of grateful leadership. And if I may, please, acknowledgement is a heartfelt and authentic communication that lets a person know it could be on a team, it could be just an, an individual, it could be a family member, a community member, anyone know that they are appreciated, that they are valued, and that the contribution they make is important. And we are constantly in this work shocked to discover how many people feel unappreciated, how many feel invisible, not seen, not heard, they don't matter. And I mean, I can go on and on. You have to stop me because I get going. I'm very passionate about this. You touched on something though, feeling not heard, feeling like you don't matter. It can be a bad habit, especially for folks maybe who've been in leadership for a really long time or are in higher echelons of leadership where they don't have a lot of uh, individual management interactions throughout the course of a day, or for people who are new and maybe a little insecure to even be aware that they have praise to give, that they have acknowledgement to give, let alone to speak it. So let's talk about that first C, consciousness. What is this self-awareness that you're pointing to when you talk about consciousness as one of the tenets of grateful leadership? love the question because everybody assumes, well, you know, I, I want to be a grateful leader. I really am a part-time grateful leader. I can get better at it. And I, you know, I can just acknowledge people whenever I want, but do I, do I? So the, the first of the five C's, conscious C for consciousness is letting yourself know that you have acknowledgments to give to people. It's your gift. And very often we just kind of let them float by, you know, like how you watch pretty colored tropical fish in the tank. Oh, there's one, there's one. <laughs> but we don't stop and deliver it. And then it, it's useless. So being conscious of the acknowledgments in our heads, in our minds, in our spirits is really the first step. And then we can give that gift 
I was I was interviewing somebody for a podcast uh, yesterday, and he was saying, you know, before he read my book and took the course, he he tended to do it. He you know he was on the path, but he said now I have to do it. You know, I, I don't let myself get away with it. When I have the thought, I have uh, the appreciation, and I just walk by the person. I can't do that anymore. And so I, I love that. I call that transformation. It is a big transformation, and it it marks a change in the relationships that you'll have with the people around you, not just people that you're managing, but as you're trying to show up as a leader in the workplace. But you pointed something out. You have to choose to do it, right? That is the second C, choice. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're really right in sync with this. Well, you know, you did send me a copy of the book. Which All right. <laughs> <laughs> but choice it can, for many reasons, whether you feel like uh, adding the acknowledgement in the moment might be disruptive or you uh, would rather just walk by the person normally, like what, what drives the choice to stop, acknowledge, time in and time out as it needs to happen instead of maybe delaying or completely deferring it? That, that question also is uh, a critical one because the choice is always available and choice means yes or no. And there is a huge cost to no. And people start discovering this with the consciousness of the importance of acknowledgement. They start to realize the cost. I, I mean, I've had people burst into tears in my classes because they they realized there was somebody they did not acknowledge that they could have that they should have and that person either passed away or you know left the job and uh so cost is on the the no side and they become very aware of the cost of not delivering that acknowledgement on the yes side that when they start to do it on a regular basis, when they start to uh, give what's in their minds to the person and almost like to, okay, I'm going to do it because I, I read a book or I took a course or, you know, I'm just, I, I, I read the five C's. I'm going to, I'm going to start doing it and you do it and you may feel frightened. You might feel um, embarrassed. You might stutter, you might stammer. And then when you see the results, oh my gosh. I mean, the stories I hear about the difference one acknowledgement made, I mean, even to the point of literally, I've heard three examples where they saved a life. Three examples, real, true life. You know, we don't know the power of this appreciation that we're giving somebody. We just don't know what kind of a day they've had. What, you know, what's going on in their personal lives that makes it really sad for them to, you know, just walk around and you acknowledge them in a heartfelt way, authentically, not because you have to, but because you want to, it's, it's unpredictably positive. And you start, you want to do it more and more when you start seeing the results. Well, absolutely. And in the workplace, one of those results, of course, is retention. 
People want to be around if they feel appreciated and validated and all of those things. The truth of the matter that you're really touching on, though, kind of digs deeper that that uh, that inner child in everybody who needs to be validated and shown that they're accepted, that person never goes away. That one, that one goes to work with you every day, wanting to know, hey, did you know, am I doing a good job? It's home from work too, and in your family, you want to know it too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, and that's where it starts, right? That's that's where the need uh, it, it first begins, and where you first start experiencing it. So you're right. When you come to work, and maybe you weren't receiving that validation, that acknowledgement at home, and somebody delivers it, it's almost shocking at first. But then you come to view that person as a source of those things of that really important feedback that you might need in the workplace i can't tell you how many people have thanked me for changing their relationships with their spouses because of the you know the work we did together that they did while on the job yeah. it's it's holistic it is universal yep and you know it's yeah go ahead that's that thing from personal agility um i was speaking with peter stevens and maria Mattarelli. They're founders of the Personal Agility Institute. And one of the key tenants that they point people toward is choosing a celebration partner. So it's this exact thing. It's that validation. It's that celebration of, of the thing that you did that was the right thing or the way you showed up. I really that, like that. Yeah. You know what, I have to tell you, Brandy, that, that gave me goosebumps, the celebration partner. So I, that's how I know there's something that <laughs> it's wonderful and amazing. So I'm I'm really interested in finding out more about their work too. I think it's fun stuff. Now we talked about it. Uh, we talked about the choice, right? The choice, the choice to celebrate, the choice to acknowledge, to show up in that way for other per other people. And we didn't talk about the courage that it takes. And that's one of the five C's as well, right? Can we yes. talk a little bit about why courage is such a challenging element of acknowledging other people? Yeah, it, and it, 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 it can be a stopper if we don't take on the courage. I, I had uh, one presentation I delivered from a cowardly lion to lion-hearted leader. Because, you know, we all feel afraid. We're, you know, even in uh, The Wizard of Oz, if you remember, the cowardly lion, he, he, he even when he got courage, he wasn't courageous. He just took his fear and did what he had to do, you know? So it's that kind of uh, situation where sometimes we really have to summon up, especially when we're acknowledging upward. If, you know, a leader acknowledging a leader is afraid of all sorts of bad names and you know them, I won't say them, <laughs> but you know, there really can be um, issues that people think they're going to have if they do acknowledge higher ups. And I, I believe that leaders are among the least acknowledged people in the workplace. I really do because of that phenomenon. But it takes courage just to share the emotion of it. Because remember, we're talking about heartfelt. And I distinguished um, in a lot of different places between recognition and acknowledgement because people think when they say good job, thanks for getting the report in on time, that's an acknowledgement. It's not. And recognition is a good thing. Thank you is a good thing. We should have all of that. You know, a gift card, an award, those are important. 
but there's nothing like an acknowledgement that's given from the heart and you feel emotion when you deliver it. So people are afraid of that. Especially at work. And, oh yeah, especially at work. And uh, you know, uh, you may be familiar with the work of Brene Brown, uh, social scientist. She's done a lot of research into vulnerability and vulnerability she says is really the foundation of joy and uh, connection and celebration. We allow ourselves to be vulnerable and leaders who can do this are seen as strong. I mean, I, I, in one of my classes, somebody shared an example that I was all in tears about uh, a leader who was given a script to tell all of his direct reports that a third of them were going to be laid off in the next week. And he got to, you know, there were a lot of them, hundreds, and, and he got to the podium and he had the script and he just threw it away. He just tossed it and he, he started to weep, really just to weep and to say, I have news that just, it, it makes me so sad that I have to, I'm going to have to tell you, a third of you, that you're being laid off. And, and she said, everybody took it in such a different way than they would have if he had read that script. Because he was expressing his heartfelt uh pain in this case at having to let them go and he wasn't hiding his emotions and it's funny because um wherever i go people say well in our culture we don't do that when, when i went to finland to uh give a presentation they said acknowledgement does not exist in the finnish culture you better be aware of it you should take a nice tour of helsinki and go home this is for a conference don't bother presenting that's what that's what the people who were going to be in the audience at the conference told me and uh may i digress for for just i want to hear on? this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well uh i i thought as i i was actually a replacement for the god and guru of project management who had, he had a death in his family. And I came in at the last minute, my CEO said, you know, you're going to Finland uh, in two days, bye. <laughs> and anyway, they were sorely disappointed that Dr. Harold Kersner was not there. And the Julianless <laughs> with, with leadership and the power of acknowledgement, that was before I wrote the Grateful Leadership book, was going to talk and they, they told me to go home literally like person after person we don't have this in our culture so anyway i i got there just like a little bit before the conference started and i was a keynote a by accident keynote and i'm walking up to the podium i said what am i going to do what am i going to do how, how am i going to reach these guys and then suddenly i i had the flash from the proverbial light bulb and I, when i got up there i said you know, I, I've heard that Finland does not have acknowledgement in its culture. Is that true? And 800 heads went like that. 800. These are all project managers, by the way. And, um, and then I said, I've also heard that Finland has one of the highest suicide rates in the world. Is that true? 
slower nodding, but yes. I said, do you think there might be some connection between those two facts? Whew. And they went wild. They, they, I could not stop them from talking to each other. And then they started raising their hands and said, I have to acknowledge my boss. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I could not saving lives. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was wild. I mean, my boss went there three years later and they were still talking about it. So the bottom line is it does not matter what the cultural culture is. This is a human phenomenon that we all need praise, appreciation. Stephen Covey said, next to physical survival, being affirmed and praised and appreciated are the number one need of every human being, every human being. And I, I believe that. Well, so. hearing, hearing about Finland, I think I'm pretty sold as well if I wasn't before. <laughs> Well, it's, but, it, and the, it's worth summoning up the courage, even if we don't have it. Mm -hmm. And there are situations where it's really scary to deliver an acknowledgement. Absolutely. Let's talk about that. The shame, the self-consciousness that might be kind of standing in the way for the Finns and the rest of us who get a little nervous <laughs> about these things. Well, I had a funny question once uh, somebody asked, well, what are the right words for an acknowledgement? How, how do you say it so you don't feel embarrassed or, or silly or stupid? Or I said, okay, write this down. This, this is what you say, okay? And it all depends. <laughs> say, um, I feel really embarrassed to say this. I mean, I don't even know how to get the words out but I really want to tell you that you bring something to our team that is invaluable. I, I, I don't have the right words for it. I mean, you tell them, you share how, how difficult it is for you to say it. You be real, you be authentic. And uh, you know, the pen stopped in the air. It's like they were a little taken by that, you know? <laughs> but, but they got it, you know? There is no right way. It's whatever is in your heart and it doesn't matter. It, it, you can feel embarrassment, you can feel shame, you can feel any of these. And we, we just can't let those stop us. You mentioned something earlier, uh, the difference between a heartfelt acknowledgement and just saying thank you, for example. What's the difference there? Okay, so I, I, I have something in my books and talks, I call the appreciation paradigm. And it's like a Venn diagram, you know, it's a, there's thanks, there's recognition, and there's acknowledgement. And I love that the pen is, pen is out, Brandy. <laughs> it's always out. <laughs> That's so cute. I'll give you a copy of the book. <laughs> I think you have one, in fact. Yeah, I'm going here. <laughs> but um, thanks is something you know we learned when we were children please and thank you or you know we had to say that and it's still valuable it's still important it's it's just you know basic humanity to uh say thank you for something that somebody has done or gone a little out of their way to do and recognition 
and, you know, I'll never forget, um, my husband was working for a tax and accounting firm, a huge company. And just before he quit, and his reason was lack of appreciation, they gave him a $500 gift card saying he had done a great job. And, you know, he, he hands it over to me and he said, they can keep their gift card. I, we, I want to be appreciated. I want them to tell me how much they value what I do. And he quit shortly after that, you know? So, it, you know, the acknowledgement is the third domain. And it, it's kind of like, you know, when you recognize someone, it's more for an action. You did something. Thank you for doing that, for getting it done, for doing it well, for getting, you know, all the details in. Uh, you know, and turning it in early, that it, it's all the doing and it's, it's great. You know, we all want that. But the heartfelt way of saying that is, you know, you, you are an incredibly valuable member of our team. And I don't know how we would manage without you. you. You bring a spark, you bring something that is intangible as well as tangible that inspires and motivates all of us. You know, I mean, it's a diff it's who you are that we're acknowledging, who you are as a human being. Who is Brandy? Brandy can do a lot of stuff, but who you are makes the difference. How you so does, it, does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does. So when we're talking about starting to experiment with acknowledgement and not just thank yous and placation gifts, as I like to call yeah, yeah. I know I forgot to even say thank you for the last six months, but here's, you know, here's your gift card. <laughs> when we're talking about transforming your personal culture, the way that you show up at work, which is really what we're talking about. We're talking about exactly or how you show up at home. We're talking about that transformation of how you're interacting with other people. For folks who are a little bit acknowledgement hesitant, how can they kind of start experimenting with that sort of communication? Is it really all about just saying, hey, I'm really uncomfortable, but I'm gonna do this thing called acknowledging? Should they own it up front? Is that step one? Or, or what are some other ways that people who are hesitant about this can safely experiment in this arena? I love that phrase, by the way, acknowledgement hesitant. I may borrow that from you, you know, because it, it is a reality. You yeah. know, they love the idea of it, but they're a little hesitant to do it. So try I heard new is hard. What's that? What? It's hard to try something new. Yeah, yeah. I would recommend that uh, for the acknowledgement hesitant, <laughs> that they acknowledge people out in the world that they may not know very well or at all like oh, yeah. uh, I, I heard an adorable story yesterday about uh, somebody who was calling a, a customer service line and he said when he got the person on the phone he could hear her smile he could just hear it you know and I thought that was so sweet and then uh, at the end, of, she helped him. She solved the problem. It was all taken care of. And he said, uh, you know, I, I'd really like to talk to your boss. And she said, uh-oh, what did I do? What did I do wrong? He said, oh, no, no. I want to tell him 
how great you are and how you helped me and how you have such a wonderful manner. And um, she said, well, you can fill out a customer survey at the end of, uh, at the end of this call. But even if you don't do it, she said, you made my week by telling me this. You made my whole week. And, and, he, and she got choked up, you know? Yeah. And, and that was just, you know, a customer service call. How many times a day are we talking to customer service people? Great. And so that, or when, you know, in the supermarket, you know, just thanking somebody for being a frontline worker, a cashier is a frontline worker. You know, thank you for being here. It makes a difference to me. I'm able to feed my family because you're here. You know, little little things like that. I I, I saw a, a, a beautiful family uh, a, a while ago, summertime, and they were all at a boat dock, all wearing masks. Two little kids and the parents, and it must have been a friend or a relative, all wearing masks, and. Um, I, I went up to the children and I thanked them for wearing masks because that protects me and everyone around them. And they, you know, right, right above the masks, you could see them smiling, you know, you couldn't see their smile, but you could see the cheeks raise up. And then the parents, you know, I mean, they were just glowing and they thanked me for thanking the children because, you know, what child wants to wear a mask, you know? So little, little, that's how I'd recommend starting, looking around you, you know, it could be anywhere. And then you see the impact and then you start, well, wow, that, I made that person's week with one little comment. I imagine what I could do with my team. Right. Well, here's the really funny thing. This is not an unfamiliar concept for anybody who's watched a few good TED Talks. It's the... Uh, it's the idea that if you're not happy, start start showing gratitude to your ah. cup of water, to the person at the grocery store, start showing gratitude to the people around you. Because if you're not feeling happy, you sure can start filling your life with happiness all around you just by acknowledging, by saying thank you. But that doesn't come naturally to all of us. So what else stands in the way? What are some other things that stop people from giving generous praise? Oh, great question. I hear the most creative responses. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Creative. <laughs> I, once had, I once had a contest. Uh, we have a center for grateful leadership. Right. Uh, and, and I held a contest for the most, uh, most creative excuse for not acknowledging somebody. And oh, let me hear this. <laughs> We, we, we got, uh, I mean, the one that actually won was a submarine. Uh, he had been uh, in the Navy and he, he, he uh, was a, what do, you, what do you call it? A driver of a submarine, not a pilot. That's up there. <laughs> but I don't know anyway. what the driver of a submarine is called. <laughs> I forgot. But anyway, that's what he did. Okay. And he said, we were not allowed to acknowledge anybody. Everybody was expected to do above and beyond service. That was just the expectation. So we couldn't do it. It, it would have made, it would have been out of line. He got an award for that. And then he became a real uh, enthusiast about this work. <laughs> but, you know, 
re the, the more normal regular reasons are, um, you know, embarrassment, shame, like we talked about, um, jealousy, jealousy. I, I, I don't want them to be better, to feel like they're better than I am. Oh, and I don't want them to hit me up for a raise either. You know, if I tell them how great they are, they, they're going to hit me up. So think of that. Yeah, that's what I mean. The creative excuses and we can all come up with them. So I'm not going to appreciate you because you might want to get paid for it. That's <laughs> what we're talking about is the communication side of this whole thing, right? Like you can have the acknowledgement that lives inside of you. You can have the courage even to speak the things you might not know the exact word to say them, but eventually the whole point is that you communicate an acknowledgement. And gratitude, you brought that in. You know, that's another gift we have to give, our gratitude, appreciation, gratitude. And we're just yeah. like handing out gifts left and right with this practice, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, it is, it is. And then there's a whole other dimension. Occasionally, somebody doesn't want to open the gift. That's that's another conversation. I was actually going to ask you. Oh, really? Once you, once you start communicating something like this, some folks really struggle to receive a compliment, let alone uh, maybe some prolonged acknowledgement. Because oftentimes, especially as we're starting with these things, our communication isn't concise. So we might fumble around a bit, and then we've got this person locked into, uh, you know an acknowledgement of an unknown length and they're sitting there unable <laughs> to take a compliment just receiving this acknowledgement and you realize that you've just triggered somebody who can't take a compliment how do you support other people in just taking the stinking acknowledgement and enjoying it for what it is stinking acknowledgement I love that. <laughs> that's something else i may quote you on. i won't you're take your you're name just on that acknowledgement <laughs> Well, I, you know, I have felt the pain of, you know, being stopped. And um, I generally press through it. Like I, I had um, a friend at one point who went, her, her child was learning disabled. So she went on a three day class trip to Washington DC with 207th graders, you know, to make sure her daughter got the care she needed, but to help out also. And I said to her, you are such a fantastic mother that you would do that. And you know the hand? Oh, it was nothing. Oh, that, that's nothing. Mm -hmm. And after she did that, I, you know, I, I tried to say it then in another way. I use different words. I, you know, I'm a little creative with it. Hand, nothing. And finally, at one point, I grabbed that hand and I said, listen. <laughs> You have to know that what you did was amazing. It was an amazing gift to your child. It was a gift to yourself that you got to see that your child was able to go and enjoy it and felt you felt she was safe. And she started to cry. Yeah. And she said, Judy, you know, I I build walls around myself. I can't let that. And it was so perfect, the words she used. I, I have a wall around myself. I don't let that in even my therapist can't get in. She said, you got in when my therapist couldn't. I just, I refused to give up. And uh, so 
it's painful. I, I have a whole podcast about a wonderful coworker that I acknowledged in a, an on-demand course I created about the power of acknowledgement. Because she has, since she's come in contact with this work, she uh, came out in a sense as being on the autism scale. She never, there was always a secret. She could never share it with anybody. But this work gave her the, she works with me on it on a regular basis. And she spoke about it and how, uh, neurotypical versus neurodiverse people receive an, an acknowledgement. And, and it's, it's always, you know, the surprise of it can be very disorienting to somebody on the autism scale. And she wrote about it. And anyway, so I included what she wrote in my course. Wow. And, and I really acknowledged her fully. Her name is Roxy Nevin. <laughs> I'll just say it. And, um, and I said to her, Roxy, you know, I really want you to hear it. Would you, would you please look at the course? It's a six-hour course. And she said, yeah, okay, I will, I will. And a month later, I'm still asking her. And I, I said, Roxy, it really means a lot to me that you know how much I value you. And she, I, I promise I'm going to do it. It didn't happen. And finally, I, I challenged her. I said, okay, if you've given me a date by which you said you will do it, if you don't buy, do it by that date, would you agree to do a video about the difficulty in accepting an acknowledgement? And she said, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to do that and course then, now. <laughs> that, and she went right to listen to the course and and she was very moved about it. And she shared with all, you know, she's in a large network of people who are on the spectrum. And she taught me a lot about neurodiverse people. And um, so I was very grateful. And, and we brought in some speakers to the Center for Grateful Leadership to speak about that. So um, interesting. It's, but, it, but it hurts, it hurts like hell, you know? They won't just accept my appreciation. Where but you have to keep trying. For anybody who's interested in the specific conversations around uh, neurotypical versus non-neurotypical receiving of acknowledgement, where can folks find those resources? Oh, yeah. Um, thank you for asking. That's on the Center for Grateful Leadership, okay. um, www grateful leadership that's two l's grateful leadership.com and uh she we posted her um uh, article about it and also um they can write to me if, if that's okay uh, my email address i'd be happy to send them a direct link to it yeah and it's judy jdy dot umless u-m-l-a-s at i-i-l.com Perfect. And it was a learning experience for both of us, really huge. This is the kind of thing, um, especially because what you're talking about is, is real, right? We do work with so many people who are not considered neurotypical, and we might not realize it when we set out to acknowledge them. And if they don't receive it in the way that we've expected, that, well, that can be discouraging to us as well. We're like, ah, oh, did I do that wrong? How am I supposed to do that for that person? And if, you, if you're looking for more resources, 
I wanted to make sure that anybody who encounters that problem can find more of those resources. Oh, she gave a lot of details about, you know, how it feels to someone on the spectrum and, and what the uh, re response can be, and then a way to do it so that it, it gets through. You know, so it was, it was really good. So we spoke a little bit about that mom who couldn't receive the compliment until you pushed, pushed, pushed. And that's not just a mom, you know, moms, it's anybody who might be ignoring uh, a need for acknowledgement, right? And uh, you know, that's, moms are prone to that because we work through the wee hours of the night and we do so many things that just don't go, get noticed. And we don't have time to acknowledge them for ourselves a lot of times. I mean, self-compassion is a hot topic for parents because who's got time for that? <laughs> Even if you know you need it, you know, who's going to take the time for that? Um, and in the, in the arena of this discussion, as we talk about giving acknowledgement and comfortable versus maybe uncomfortable circumstances for giving acknowledgement, um, there's that phrase, praise in public, criticize in private, right? But is acknowledgement best given one-to-one? -one? Is it a case-by-case -case basis? Or are group acknowledgements or public acknowledgements a totally okay thing? That's another great question because it really depends on your recipient. I, I have had people tell me, don't you dare say anything about, I mean, I, I will acknowledge them and then I, I'll even say, I want to bring this up at our meeting, at our, at our next, uh, you know, stand-up meeting or whatever. And uh, they say, don't you dare. Don't you dare. I can handle it one-to-one, -one, but I do not want you to say a word in public. And I've had other people who tell me how wonderful it is when they are acknowledged publicly. And it's also great one-on-one. -on -one. So it really depends on... Uh, you know, who the person is. And, you know, we can't know for sure. We're going to make mistakes. And, you know, I'd much rather we make mistakes by over-delivering than under-delivering. <laughs> yeah, you know, as you say that, kind of, the fifth C, of course, is the commitment that it takes, even if it feels like you've made a mistake and an acknowledgement, to continue to practice this but you brought up something that I've spoken about with many, many agile coaches in this line of work. And it's that one of the best ways to transform culture and one of the greatest challenges is transforming culture when you're coaching a business or leading a team. One of the greatest ways to overcome the challenge of culture is via acknowledgement. And you'll find- um, You've said that before? This is a thing. This is, uh, this is a huge topic of conversation because when uh, a coach comes into an organization, for example, or say a leader acquires an agile team, um, you've got this team who may or may not work well together. And the coach is in an organization and they're like, it's our culture, it's toxic. Well, like, well listen to what's coming out of your mouth. That does yeah, sound right. toxic, right? <laughs> so part of the coach's job is almost always to help them cultivate better habits. And one of the key habits for a healthy team is acknowledgement. That's why I want this discussion out there, you know, on the Scrum Alliance website for all of these folks who are maybe uh -oh. 
coaching because it's critical. It's a critical coaching skill set to teach people how to acknowledge, why to acknowledge, to, to convince them to commit to a cultural transformation within themselves, how they're showing up in the workplace and within their teams where this acknowledgement ideally starts showing up. This is perfect. That oh, you that's amazing. Up. I didn't realize that. that. That's such a, you know, we're, we're kindred spirits here, you know? Well, you're a coach, right? Like you're, you're helping yeah. people sort this stuff out. And when we talk about agile coaches, like you cannot neglect that one of the greatest challenges that they're always going to face is organizational culture and how do you transform culture? And, you know, I, I love the saying that um, one person can be, you know, the, the, the spark that lights up the entire team. You know, one person modeling this behavior can transform everyone that they're interacting with. And it, and it happens in an organization too. You know, you can, people say, how am I going to change my corporate culture? It's so negative. I say, just start practicing this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you see how, when others see how engaged uh, and excited people and enlivened people get on your team, they're going to say, what is that person doing? And you, you can whip out your poster of the five C's. <laughs> <laughs> it's also one of the values. It's respect at its core. If yeah. you are able to, when you've got somebody that you just struggle to respect in the workplace, able to acknowledge them for something positive immediately you're rewriting that narrative in your head the one that didn't respect them before if you if you're forcing yourself to find a way to acknowledge if you're committing to that within yourself these things start to change it's uh this conversation is so important for you and i to have for you and i to share for other folks to have with their team if they're feeling like the culture is not in place this is a fantastic way to get to a slightly, even slightly healthier place. Like any improvement on a my culture is toxic front is going to be a great thing. And usually that it starts with people. Now, I had a question about that for you, though, because you and I have this conversation and yes, it's, it's wonderful, but long term, does everybody need to read a book? Does everybody need to take a course or where do you start in cultivating this kind of a practice? I think you have to be exposed to it. I mean, just watching this, uh, you know, conversation that we're having is enough. I mean, you know, the more you expose yourself, the more powerful it becomes when you see, you know, I mean, I, I'm a storyteller in case you didn't figure that out. And, and I have, you know, in my three books, I, I, I tell a lot of stories and Sometimes when I go to, um, uh, you know, to deliver a talk, somebody will say, I heard you at another, could you make sure to tell the Finland story? <laughs> you know? Finland's a good one. <laughs> number 32, you know, story number 32. <laughs> so stories, and you start to have your own stories when you take this out in the world. Like, you know, the person that, you know, was, uh, you know, exhausted and unengaged and not working up to capacity. And, and you know, you, you took that person aside and told them about something they were phenomenal at. 
and, and you, you watch them sit up straighter and, you know, and start to become that. And I'm going to tell one more story here. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I got a wonderful email from somebody because, you know, people who are exposed to this work start having their own stories. And uh, this woman had uh, read my little book, The Power of Acknowledgement book. And and then she was put, and she was made a project leader for a team. And she got someone on the team that nobody wanted to be on the team with. Nobody. He was Mr. Negativity. He was always, the only thing he could say was what was wrong, what you know, all the risks and what was wrong. And she realized that she had him, she was going to have to go through with it. And what could she apply from the book she had just read? Well, at the first meeting, when they went around the room, um, you know, they were asked to give their thoughts on a project. And, and this guy starts babbling on and on about the risks. Of the, and then she said to him, you know, you have um, a lot of uh, insight, it seems. Can you share with us what you're seeing that we're not seeing? Why we don't see this as the risk you see? And later he told her she was the first person who ever asked him to explain why he was so negative. And he did share the risks with her and with the team. And they were like, oh my God, we never thought of that. We just never thought of that. And over time, he became one of the most valued members of that team because she said, we want to hear what you have to say. We know you may have, to, you know, just a, a bigger, uh, broader scope of this, of what's going to go wrong that we're not seeing. And it was true, he did. And <laughs> she, she said, at one point, she said, you know, you are a brilliant failure analyst. <laughs> and, and he just puffed himself up with pride, you know, I'm a brilliant failure analyst. And that's what he was. Great but job. She, she, she did it as an acknowledgement. And and that she changed that guy's career, his life. He became one of the most sought after team members after that. So, you know, you just have to try it. You do. And you'll stumble, you know, you, you, you'll stutter, you know, you'll be embarrassed, but it's worth it. Make, make the mistake rather than not doing it. Right. The opposite is a brand of negativity that's a quick way out of a company it's a quick way out of your relationships because nobody can be with the lack of an acknowledgement for a sustained amount of time no, no, that's why i have people coming to me all the time i, I left the job due to lack of appreciation yep. I, I couldn't tolerate it I, I couldn't i couldn't survive let alone thrive in a culture like that it's funny. It does put you in like survival mode. It takes you out of your thinking brain and puts you in that place in which you say, I had to leave. I could yeah. stay. Not I chose to leave. No. No. It's survival mode. Yeah. Well, Judy, are there any questions that you thought I would ask today that I didn't ask? Or is there anything within the realm of this conversation that you want to make sure we touch on? Yeah, I, I think uh, given your background and where you're working, 
I love that we are talking about how these things all fit together. And I mean, I, I, I just, I, I enjoyed so much seeing, uh, I did a little prep work for this interview, you know, the five scrum values, commitment, courage, and focus are three of them. Focus could be awareness, you know? And I mean, they align so well, openness and respect. Respect is huge. That's all that. Um, but I think there's a, a real, a real good fit here. Mm -hmm. And then also um, when I became uh, a CSM, you know, in, in doing the readings, I, I saw there was a lot of emphasis on servant leadership. And that's what made me think, well, grateful leadership and servant leadership really do go, go together, you know? And in fact, there was one, uh, 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 Susan Parente is, um, She's a, a certified professional in grateful leadership, as well as she's got 16 scrum <laughs> certifications. All the certs. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, in her article, she cited this uh, quotation from the um, Green, about the biography, official biography of Robert K. Greenleaf, who oh, yeah. created servant leadership. And may I just read that? Yes. Very short. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he wrote, like Judith W. Umlist, founder of Grateful Leadership, Robert Greenleaf, the founder of Servant Leadership, knew that you cannot build community, much less earn trust, without acknowledging colleagues, expressing gratitude, and offering recognition. If Greenleaf was alive today, I believe he would say that you cannot be a servant leader without being a grateful leader. And that was written by Don M. Frick, PhD, author of the authorized biography of Robert K. Greenleaf. Oh, wow. So, so you're in there, lady. <laughs> that, that was very exciting to me because I admire the principles of yeah. servant leadership. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think the compatibility is really great. And uh, it's also positive. And we, you know, we need positive versus toxic leaders. In Absolutely. And the five C's are effectively exactly what you said. They're the values that we've laid out as agilists and scrum as pretty critical to being an agile leader out in the world of work today. They absolutely go hand in hand. Isn't that cool? It's so you 